this is Tania, and you're listening to Nia on Purpose. I started this podcast to create a space where I can speak with intention and walk in my purpose. I hope that listeners resonate with something I say and are encouraged to also live purposefully. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Nia on Purpose. This is your host, Tania. On today's episode, I'm gonna really be just talking about religion and how it's impacted me recently. I have been raised Christian my entire life. I remember the little prayers we used to say at nighttime before bed. I remember saying grace before eating breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And those are things that have always stuck with me. God is great. God is good. Let us thank you for our food. But there's been lots of changes and lots of confusion and and lots of ambiguity surrounding my religious views. Some of the first memories I have of church were going to church with my mom. I remember for a while when I was a kid, my, my dad didn't go to church with us. I don't ever, I don't remember why. I don't know if it was his work schedule or, or whatever it could have been. But for a while, it was just me and my siblings and my mom going to church together. And then my mom went to a Baptist church, First Baptist. And my dad went to a Presbyterian church. And like my mom's church was in Trenton, my dad's church was in Rutherford. I think that probably was some of the part of the start of the the confusion and the separation in like my understanding of denominations and and I guess my understanding of Christianity as a solid religion and and hopefully I can explain that in a better way later on in this episode but I remember I might have been like 11 or 12 maybe when I decided to get baptized and it was mainly because one of my uncles told me that if I didn't get baptized, I was going to go to hell. And so, yeah, my my baptism was, was, you know, definitely done out of a fear a little bit rather than the actual desire to be saved and to accept Jesus Christ into my heart. And the interesting thing about that is my sister never chose to, I guess, get baptized Unless she was ready. She wasn't going to let anybody kind of like push her into it. But me, on the other hand, I was like, shoot, I don't want to go to hell. So let me go ahead and dip down in this water. (laughs) When I did get baptized, I think it was kind of like um, an uncertainty of like whose church I was going to join and who was going to baptize me. So I remember that I got baptized at my mom's church, but my dad's pastor was the one that actually um, baptized me. And I grew up in the choir at both churches. I had my church friends and, you know, we would do Sunday school. We would do Wednesday night Bible study. I remember when we were in the choir at my dad's church, we would like practice on Saturday. So I felt, I felt like we were in church all the time and I liked it. I enjoyed it. We did praise dances. I enjoyed, I enjoyed a lot of it, but the way that the two different churches operated definitely like made me uncertain of what I I guess is real and what's not real and and what is true and I guess essentially what is false at some point along the way and I think this happened maybe when I graduated from high school 
I obviously moved to Memphis, so I wasn't going to church anymore. And I think at some point, maybe my freshman year, or maybe it was because of like my uncomfortableness in going home, but I stopped enjoying worship and praise. I stopped enjoying going to church. I remember I had a mentor and a couple of friends that would invite us out to church when we first moved to Memphis, and it just didn't feel the same. I didn't feel connected to anyone. I didn't feel connected to a pastor. I didn't feel connected to the word. And so it became something that, you know, I avoided. Then my sister passed. And again, like I mentioned earlier, so she was not going to be swayed into getting baptized. She was going to, you know, do that when she was ready. And so when she actually passed, she was not baptized. And I remember two things. Well, if she's not baptized, that means she hasn't accepted God into her heart. She hasn't um, washed away her sins prior to passing on. She hasn't designated a home church. Does that mean that she's not going to heaven? Does that mean that God won't accept her? And the second thing I thought a lot, which made it even harder to be open to God and open to religion and open to Christianity, was that in my head, if God was real, why would he not save her? Like, you know, she's 20. She's young. She has a full life ahead of her. Why not keep her here? Why not protect her? Like, in my head, it's like, that's what you said you would do. And then I also thought, well, is there a heaven? Is there a hell? What happens to her spirit when she passes on? Will she literally go before our Lord and Savior and, you know, plead to be accepted into the pearly golden gates of heaven? What is afterlife really like? So after those questions of uncertainty began to kind of thrive in my mind also went through a period of time where I was invested in history specifically African and African-American history I was reading a lot of literature and peer-reviewed articles on enslaved people police brutality in the 70s black women not knowing who to trust because no one's treating them properly strong political black figures observing Islam as opposed to Christianity, believing in black as opposed to believing in what white slave owners told their enslaved people to believe. I think it's very well known that enslaved people weren't allowed to read or write. The only book they were allowed to have was the Bible. And the Bible was in a way used to invoke fear and encourage enslaved people to obey their slave owners. And that you know, just invoked a ton of questions in me. I remembered that a lot of enslaved people created their own religious environment. And by religious environment, I mean they had their own church, black churches, separate. They they sung songs of hope and aspirations and better days and restoration and peace and love and happiness and joy and freedom and all of these pulled them closer to God and gave them a sense of belonging and safety. In a similar fashion, I would say that I also used the power of gospel to pull me closer to God. That just emphasizes the, the healing power 
of music, of gospel music. Over the years, I've questioned the truthfulness in denominations and the truthfulness in the Bible. And so many people say things like the Bible is poetry or it sounds good. I've just been, you know, in a way, like so unsure of what I wanted to believe and, and what was right for me. And I looked into other religions and it was also difficult to put aside the beliefs that I'd grown up with to learn about another religion and accept those holy words into my heart. Honestly, this was very, very recent when I started doing this, but I started to just talk to God, have a conversation, pray to God. And I utilize religion in a way that feels good to me. What feels right? What feels unforced? Sooner than later, I found myself not necessarily back in church, but watching church on TV, on Facebook Live, on YouTube, finding pastors that I felt very connected to, even through a TV screen, listening that, to songs that invoked chills in me that made me feel something. And so one of the most recent experiences I've had with talking about my religion and my religious views was when I was applying to Belmont University. And I had to, in a sense, write a statement of religious background. I don't know. I can't remember what it was called. Kind of like a statement of purpose, but for religion, I guess. (laughs) I can't remember what it was called. But anyways, it was like 250 words, a little blurb about my religious background, my home church, all of those things. And that's when I think that I really understood my personal philosophy for religion. And I actually have shared this with a few students that kind of feel lost in their religion, in their faith at Belmont. So my ideation is that my relationship with God is just that my relationship with God. Let's imagine that Judgment Day is exactly what it is idealized as. God either saying, you know, come into the kingdom of heaven or you're damned to hell. So let's imagine that's what Judgment Day is like. No one's going to be there with me. It's going to be me and God alone. My parents can't save me. My friends can't save me. Other people that I love cannot save me. It's just going to be me and God. And therefore, because of that, I define my relationship with God and only me. Another one of my, like, I guess, philosophies for religion actually comes from a song, a song I heard a super long, long time ago. I'm about 80% sure it's a country song, but I don't remember who sings it or what the title is by any means. But the quote, and forgive me if if I'm wrong, but the quote is, if there is a heaven, I want to get in. And from that, I really just think about the Ten Commandments. And I think the Ten Commandments can be translated well past religion. And by that, I mean, the Ten Commandments are just being a good person, having good morals, and, and, and not harming 
your neighbor. <laughs> like, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet, um, thou shalt not lie on, you know, your neighbor. Honor your parents. You should not worship anyone else. Like, these are all things that I believe we should all just do simply as human beings. I just know that I find my comfort in Christianity. And my last philosophy kind of goes back to the whole idea of, of what heaven is truly like and what hell is truly like. I can't say what it's like, and I will never know what it's like until... I pass. But again, what I find comfort in is knowing that heaven is probably a place of peace, a place of safety, a place of eternity. You're not in the clouds. There's no gate you walk through. You're just home. And that's what I find peace in. Should I read my Bible more? Probably. Could I be a better Christian? Probably. Am I working to get closer to God? Absolutely. What I see myself face now is someone that has been lost, someone who has been unsure in their religious beliefs, coming into someone that is trying to live in 2023 and remain strong in Christianity. I think we live in a day and age where, you know, violence is everywhere. Sex is everywhere. Evil is everywhere. And it's so heavily promoted. And it's so normalized that I truly don't know how to navigate being a young Christian in this time. I was having a conversation with a friend maybe last week. And he was like, it's 2023, you shouldn't be that way. And in my head, it's like, dang, it's 2023, shouldn't change my beliefs. The Bible doesn't change. It might have a couple different translations and it might be up to interpretation just a little bit. But the foundational basis of the Bible does not change yet it's 2023 one thing that has become painfully difficult in identifying as a Christian is how Christians can be so judgmental and I'm sure it's like this in many religions and you have to pick your battles but It burns me up inside when someone that claims to identify as a Christian says the most disgusting things about someone simply because they don't believe what they believe or they don't talk or dress a certain way or they choose to date a certain person or they choose to have a certain sexual or gender identity. I hate that. Over the last year, pretty much since I moved to Nashville and was forced to sit my tail down, (laughs) I have noticed a drastic change in 
the way I operate as a being. Again, I've started praying more. I talk to God more. I am in the word more. I worship more. I attend church virtually and in person more. And I truly think that I have so many testimonies to share one day. And I think that I truly needed this move to Nashville to really sit down with myself and explore my beliefs and feel comfortable in the presence of the Lord again. I'm 100% not a spokesperson for Christianity. I am just a believer of God, a believer in God, a lover of God. And I want to be able to use whatever God puts on my heart to not only heal myself and create safe spaces for myself to thrive in, but also to encourage others. Like, I hope God continues to use me in whatever way he sees fit. I don't say these things to make anyone feel like a certain way or believe a certain way by any means. I find comfort in believing that Christianity is the religion for me. But I also acknowledge that there are so many other religions out there that identify God as God and call him a different name. There are so many different languages in the world and they all translate back and forth. I genuinely honestly think that it has to be the same for so many other things, including religion. One of my favorite R&B artists, Kehlani, once said, we all believe in the same things. We just call it something different. I don't know how true it is. I don't know who can be the judge of that. But it sounded pretty accurate to me. I hope that something I said during this episode spoke to someone. I hope that those that are also navigating their religion, whether it be Christianity or something else, I hope that something I said encourages you to continue on your religious path. I hope that no one judges me for my feelings, my beliefs, my understandings of the word, as I don't judge anyone else for their beliefs or their understandings of the word. I hope we all are able to one day find and develop and nourish a relationship with God and be at peace with who we are and what we believe at the end of the day when we go to bed. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nia on Purpose. It has truly been a pleasure. I can't wait for you all to hear more next time. again for listening to Nia on Purpose. My goal is always to reach a new individual and encourage the spread of love, hope, compassion, and peace. I hope I succeeded and I hope y'all come back for more. Be sure to support me in any way you see fit and tune in next time. And remember, it was always on purpose.